Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. Yay! That's right. <laughs> My name's Matt Norman. <laughs> My name's Will Hebner. And if you haven't figured out yet, me and Matt, um, see if we can't catch each other off guard for the intro. You've got me pretty well the last couple of times. Um, I'm I've been prepared. Going to bounce back here. I'm um, bounce back. I was a. Uh, I was anticipating a different language, but I wasn't necessarily anticipating <laughs> that was Aust- something akin to an Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was Austrian. It's your yeah. fault because you made me think about Arnold Schwarzenegger last time. Oh, well, you know, we make each other think about things and we ask each other questions. And have you introduced yourself on it? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. I was so also, caught up. Yeah. We also read emails. That's true. We do read emails. If you have something you want to reach out to us, profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Great place to email us, guys. Great place. We love to hear from you. We love and when he says great place, he means only place. <laughs> the primary place, at the very least, yes. Yeah, I guess you could email us personally, but... Maybe don't do that. Yeah, why? We got this great email set yeah. up, you know? It's, let's do that. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your responses your reviews whatever you got for us maybe mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. some some great warm-up questions for us maybe some serious questions of the pod maybe even just a a silly thing we yep. we want to hear about it so reach out yep 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 somebody sent us a riddle um not too long ago that'll be uh that'll be really fun when we get to that <laughs> nice <laughs> yep very exciting did they stuff. give us the answer too um in a way yeah in yeah, a way yeah because that, that's almost, I guess if we ever do the riddle and we don't get it right, they can yeah. email us again. You'll get it right. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Riddles in the dark. You're, you're pretty much right there on what the riddle is. So, What's in my pocket? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> A classic Hobbit wow. reference there going on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we've got great. We've got a great. Uh, uh, I guess listener base. I was gonna say fan base, but that feels a little strange to to describe that. But hey, we have I, great I, listeners. I think, you know. I think they're fans too. They're fantastic. They are. That's for sure. Well, most of them. Most. There's a couple I'm a little concerned about, but just I'm just that was just a joke. We love you. Yeah, if you're listening to this, we're not talking about you. We're talking no. about somebody else. No. Well, we got a. Great through line for this podcast, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And yes. I'm not just saying that because I came up with it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about good versus evil, been thinking a lot about just the beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve and this idea of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's okay. kind of where, where a lot of that stemmed from. Cool. So we're going to start off with a warm-up question. That is this. Uh, Me and Matt are both fairly nerdy, and we love comics and all the lore. And not just Marvel and DC, but universes out there that don't necessarily fit into that. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do a question today about crossing some of those universes. So when we see movies, we see characters from just that universe. But if you could see a fight between different universes, good versus evil, mm-hmm. is there a cross-universe fight? Or what What are your top three cross-universe fights that you would love to see? 
Yeah, friends, uh, just to give a little bit of background on this, we spent about a half hour before we started this <laughs> trying to just if do a couple of things, perhaps whittle down the list, perhaps, you know, yeah. just try and find ways that we can make sure that we weren't just spilling out a million different possible fights here. Shout out to uh, Zach and Brad, my cousin and brother, not in that order, um, because we used to do this kind of thing all the time. Yeah. A lot of fun coming up with these tournaments and things like that of like you these know random fights. What's funny is that we've probably put more preparation into this question than any other question. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> so Together anyways. Yes. Uh, so, all right. So uh, I'm going to say, um, I don't know. I'll just list off. I'll list off. My three, uh, and then we'll, okay. Um, so, first one that came to mind, I thought this would be a fascinating matchup, would be Batman versus Doctor Doom. Mm. And what I like about this one is that it, they're both incredibly smart people. Yeah. They have incredible plans, right? You know, yeah. Doctor Doom and, and Batman are two people that have, like, incredible contingency plans and backup plans behind that. And it'd be a lot of fun to see them kind of have the proverbial uh, chess match. Yeah. And then, uh, you know... Dr. Doom might have a little bit more, you know, because of his armor and stuff like that. You know, if they were in a, a physical combat, Batman would really have to use his his smarts maybe to, to overcome that. But, you know, he's Batman. Yeah. He could probably do that. Um, He'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then another one I had, I, I kind of stayed away from the, the hero versus hero fights. There's a great history of that in comics. You know, there was there was an entire crossover in the 90s called the Amalgam um, Universe where they were, you know, they were fighting and then they got merged into similar characters. Um, so so there's a lot of those that I really, really like. But I, I just... I wanted to kind of keep thinking about what would be the interesting matchup. So I had this one. Um, one of my favorite villains from DC is Darkseid. And I was like, who in Marvel could like possibly stand up to yeah. Darkseid? It's very few people. But I thought Thor would yeah. be a really cool I was one my, for when, that. When you said that, I was like, Thor is the only one. There's a, I mean, there, there's this fantastic series, this Orion series. Orion is the son of Darkseid who's raised on, on um, you know, the, 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 the good planet, right? Yeah. New Genesis, I think yeah. it's called, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, in DC. And, um, you know, he is basically like DC's version of Thor in character, right? He's brash, he's reckless, he's trying to be good, but he's trying also to, you know, be, uh, you know, he is himself. He's, the, he's you know, a war yeah. god in this uh, in this universe or something like that. And Thor is very much the same. So it'd be a lot of fun to see Thor with his yeah. powers and also his, you know, Viking warrior, you know, yeah, mentality. Yeah, that'd be a fun matchup. That would be, that would be awesome. And then the last one that I have is lightning, lightning versus was it was he call him gazer beams or something? <laughs> gazer beams, yes. No, that's from the Incredibles. But, yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Omega, Omega beams, beams. yes. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the Omega beams are kind of in some ways kind of OP because if they hit you, you're 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 like dead right away. But I don't oh, know. And OP stands for overpowered. Yeah. For those of you that maybe not as nerdy yes, as us. Thanks for uh, yeah. We gotta <laughs> gotta fill that in with an editor's note right there to, uh, to just continue down this horrible yeah. rabbit hole. Um, but my last one was, and I chose these two because it's just like I don't know who would give up first because neither of them give up. Uh, the Hulk versus Doomsday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doomsday being uh, famously the villain that was created to kill Superman in the 90s, right? The writers came up with something because they wanted... He was kind of successful. And he he unfortunately um, also died when he was fighting Superman, so you would say that... Uh, he was he was successful to a point, but then he got better. You know that's what they do. And, yeah, uh, 
Nobody ever really does. <laughs> no, it's a part of. Honestly, they they went ahead. They made it a part of Doomsday's backstory. Is that anytime he dies, he comes back, and now he can't be killed the same way. So it's kind of like you know, if he got beaten by you know just being punched and to death, uh, which is what basically happened with Superman, that can't happen again. So what's what's the Hulk gonna do to be able to to beat yeah. him? You know, it's a, it's an intriguing intriguing matchup. Of course, Hulk is the strongest there is, and he you know ha- basically has no end to his uh, his strength when he's angry enough yeah, you know so yeah. it's kind of a cool um yeah, i mean probably fun. probably the entire world would just be destroyed oh you know? yeah like, yeah any planet that that happens on i can't imagine who would that anybody yeah. would survive they both just end up floating in space <laughs> yeah. oh man so those are those are my three that i came up with um managing to to avoid defaulting directly to spider-man um somehow but uh yeah what about you man no i love the fact that i think that we're going maybe a little bit less traditional in some of the characters. Mm-hmm. So some of these people may not be people that if you're not nerdy, you don't recognize, but that's okay. So first matchup, I went magic. Okay, cool. And I got Dr. Strange versus Trigon. Oh, versus Trigon. Okay, and, cool. And cool, I just cool, think cool. that would be, that'd be a lot of fun. Trigon is kind of like a, really a, a a, a Satan figure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but more so, more so in the realm of magic. Yeah, and uh, Doctor Strange is—he's—he's he's the magician man, master of the mystic arts, master so of the say. mystic arts. So that, I think that would be a lot of fun, especially if he has the eye. It'd be a cool, cool matchup. Cool to see that happen. Next one I got, which I think is probably would be the best, like hand-to-hand fight. combat okay. fight. Deathstroke versus Captain America. That's a really good one. I like that one a lot. That would be a great fight. Because yeah. Deathstroke is basically as good as, I mean, like any hand-to-hand yeah. combat fighter uh, in uh, in Marvel, at least. You know, you, you think about that. That's a really cool, that's a cool matchup yeah. for sure. And then my last one are maybe, maybe, at least one of these characters, a lot of people may not have heard of before, but I would love to see Spawn mm-hmm. against Etrigan. Okay, against Etrigan. The, the demon, demon Etrigan. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. To, here are two demons, per se. Yeah, right. They're both cursed in their own yeah. way. Um, um, not as familiar good, with Spawn, admittedly. Good, good, good guys that are cursed yeah. and are technically in the demon category but strive to do yeah. good anti-heroes maybe yeah and i think that they're they both use the powers of of hell yeah and so i thought that would be a that would be a really neat matchup that's cool and then throw ghost rider in there for a triple threat there you go <laughs> no no thanks <laughs> no. nicholas cage ruined ghost ghost rider for me <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's over no good but yeah, I I just think that there's there's a lot of really intriguing things. You know what we talked about before the pod is a lot of these things depend on matchups. Yeah, and yeah. trying to match up people that fights wouldn't end immediately. Yeah, and you know, depending on who you are and who you're against, it doesn't matter how good you are if somebody is like specifically designed to take you out. It- I mean, it's fun um, and funny, right? Because, you know, especially when you think about Marvel and DC in particular, at some point or another, they've created 
their um their own counterpart of whoever it is right you know i mean there are a few exceptions to be sure but like what i was saying before there was this you know this classic crossover marvel versus dc in the 90s and they literally had these matchups that fans could vote on like who was going to win so like they had hulk versus superman you know the two strongest of the universes you know fighting against each other in that um they had at the time um they had uh, Superboy was a really popular uh, character, uh, Superman's clone, um, and they also had Spider-Man also happened to be a clone at the time, uh, Ben Riley, and so they they fought each other, and it was like you know how does how does Spider-Man necessarily beat uh, Superboy or whatever? Well, it's you know yeah. because he's much more popular. <laughs> character yeah. in these ways and i think that i think that's the crossover where batman and well, superboy's not nearly as powerful as superman no so. it is true it is true um and i think uh i think spider-man beats him by electrocuting him which i never really uh totally bought but, uh, <laughs> but whatever my favorite one though is probably got to be i think it was in this one it might have been in a later crossover that happens where the jla and the avengers have a have a big crossover it's the last crossover between marvel and dc that was about 20 years ago um then the company's got a little too um, you know, possessive of their their IP, their yeah, intellectual property, but uh, but so Batman and uh, Captain America are potentially going to face off, and they both basically look at each other and they say, "We could fight, and one of us would win, but then lives would be lost, and so they just choose not to fight." It's <laughs> logical. The it's logical, very logical. Decision. Yeah. yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, and then fans are like, Ugh. "Yeah, why yeah. couldn't they like fight?" for a little bit at first and then i just you know. love it so much comics are so dumb and i love them so much well or you know I, that's why i love the like the kong godzilla mentality is mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna let them fight for a little bit but then we're gonna introduce a more horrible threat mm-hmm. that they now have to team together and beat so that's a lot of fun i tell you what and that, that, that yeah literally i mean that's a that was marvel comics in the in the 60s and 70s in particular you you introduce a new character they fight an established hero and then the, the new character and the established hero team up against the bad guy and then you know it's like spider-man was was a lot of these because he was the most popular character in marvel in the 60s and so he would you know he'd team up with daredevil or something like that and say that daredevil's pretty good <laughs> and then daredevil goes off to have his series it's yeah like a, yeah it's like a backdoor pilot almost for uh man i tell you what man they're they're doing that with tv now i don't know if they're running out of ideas but like it's like here we're gonna create a show and then if there is a sub character that is well loved they're getting a spinoff for sure yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, let it go. Unfortunately, it usually ruins what made them kind of special <laughs> yeah. in the in the first place. That they Sometimes, were just yeah. a, a cool side character, you know. Hey, it here's 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 a harsh truth. Not all supporting characters should be main yes. characters. No. Mm-hmm. That's tough to hear. It's tough to hear, especially <laughs> especially because what if I'm that side character? <laughs> but. They're just as important. Yeah, sure. They just may not need the spotlight. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Are you sufficiently warmed up, you think? I, I'm i toasty, actually. It's <laughs> kind of warm in here. So <laughs> must must be that we're ready to move on. We're ready to rock. I think so. All right. So the question of the pod is a is a two-parter, kind of really close together. But the question is, what's, what, we'll start off with this. What's, what's the difference between good 
and evil. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that my, or maybe a better question is how, how do we define these two things? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not black and white. So how, you know, I don't know if you ever did this in philosophy class where yep. you were presented with some, some kind of thing where this guy's wife's dying and they can't afford the medicine. So he steals the medicine. Yeah. He saves his wife's life, but he also stole what, you know, what, how do you define whether or not, you know, that's good and evil? Yeah. The the thought that I had this week is I, I saw a clip of something talking about the goodness and, and how, how we can or, or should we even be able to define what goodness is. But it just was interesting to me that and and I I haven't done enough. I did a little bit of research, but not enough to really speak, like, um, absolutely about this. Oh yeah, we're gonna dig but, into it. But I'm 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 reading this beginning story of of Adam and Eve, and what does Satan say? Is that I I understand that it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but Satan says if you eat this, you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And my first thought was Satan's a liar. Is that really like, does that, does that all of a sudden mean that we, cause I don't know that we're great at figuring out the differences between good and evil. I see. Okay. Yeah. You know, and maybe that was all part of the lie is yeah. that you will be like God. Hmm. No, no, God doesn't have, I mean, to, I th- I think, and and maybe maybe good and evil is black and white, but we live in a messy word world, and so God judges the heart versus the actions, or judges the heart with the actions, and so that that changes things. But I just think this is such a complicated thing. It really is, and I, and I kind of want to, as I was kind of making some notes to to think this through. I kind of kept coming back to this one distinction that I don't know that I have a very clear answer for, but maybe we can kind of unpack it and figure it out together a little bit because I'm like, what do you think or have you, you know, what, 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 what do you think kind of makes something reach the level of being evil versus something that, you know, is a mistake or, you know, like is something, if it's not good, is it automatically evil or is there, I mean, I, I'm I recognize that's a really fraught philosophical question as much as anything else. Yeah, I mean I mean I think that's why it's so complicated for Yeah. Because your intentions could be good. Yeah. But the result's evil. Yeah. I think there's there's something to that, and the way that you set it up really makes sense, and it's very similar to the way that I was thinking it, because we don't want to be too, you know, reductive or oversimplistic about this, right? You know, some people um, find a lot of comfort in the idea of, you know, there being, you know, like this really set list of parameters, just don't, just, just follow the commandments, right? You know, just follow the commandments and everything will be fine, but we know that it's not truly that simple, and in fact, sometimes... Uh, a misinterpretation of the commandments or a, a perhaps a too strict view or read of the commandments can inadvertently become um, its own form of sin or idolatry or whatever you want to you know call it within that we have well, to be we have to be really thoughtful about this and and th- coming from a place where we understand that almost all evil is 
twisted good. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it really difficult, you know, because like I said, you know, good intentions or good desires, you know, you might desire there, there's nothing wrong with desiring to be loved, Yeah. but how you accomplish that can be evil. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not just, it's not just straightforward and evil actions doesn't necessarily make you evil. You know, bad, bad choices doesn't make a person good or evil. Yeah. And I, I don't know, uh, are, you know, there's that age question. Do you, do you believe people are inherently good or inherently evil? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, maybe that's the wrong question. Right. Maybe we're neither. You know, we're, we're a, a culmination of our choices. Yeah. And our choices can be good and evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The question, I, I want to ask you this question because I, when you were talking, I, I thought about this and I don't know that I know the answer. Okay. Is God asking us to be good? Is that the end goal? Is that what he wants? Now, I I know that we talk about holiness and righteousness. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, is good the goal? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question because it, it does kind of connect back with that idea about, you know, like, are we... This is this is such a tough one because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to misspeak here. It's probably going to be a little messy as we unpack some of this stuff. It's okay, uh, but I don't I don't know I don't know that it is. I don't know that good is the goal. I think that you know we're supposed to be certain things that you would associate with good, right? Yeah. You know, there are certain behaviors that we're encouraged towards. We're encouraged towards humility. We're encouraged towards, you know, service towards other people and, and, you know, things that, you know, if you were to say, is this a good action or an evil action? You would say, well, it seems pretty good, you know? Um, but, but good feels like it has some other con- potentially concerning connotations as well, you know, about like, you know, a, a certain status or, fixedness, you know, like, you know, you're good, you know, that suggests that you don't have anything else that you have to do, you know, and I think one of the things that has become obvious to me, that when you're in a faith journey, you know, there is always growth that needs to happen, you know, so, so I, I, I don't know, that's a, that's a really interesting point to the same kind of on the flip side about that, right, kind of going back to the idea, it, are we good or, are we evil? I think, you know, and, and you please correct me if I'm wrong on this, you know, but the idea about less like us being a sinner, right? Man is by nature a sinner or something, you know, whatever, whatever the, the exact phrasing of that is. I don't know that that necessarily, I mean, it means we're in some ways apart from God, but is that the same thing as being evil, right? I don't well, know. Here, Here's where I, I did a youth lesson one time where we had a chalkboard and I had sinner and saint written on the board. Okay. And I told the kids, grab a piece of chalk, and I want you to to mark the side that you feel you fall on. Okay, interesting. And every single person put sinner. Okay. And then I basically was like, you're all wrong. And if you look at how Paul introduces the book of Corinthians, he addresses them as saints. Mm-hmm. And then goes on this tirade about all the things they're doing they're wrong. They're doing wrong. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's just a really to me it's it's a switch in perspective that post Jesus I'm 
I'm not a sinner anymore because I'm now seen through the lens of Christ. Mm, okay. So I am a saint. But that doesn't necessarily mean that my behavior has all been corrected. I've, I've not completed my journey, but it goes back to maybe even proving the point that good is not necessarily the, the goal for us because good does not get you into heaven. Right. You know, your relationship with Jesus and grace, faith and grace are, are, are the pieces that are, I mean, maybe you could say requirements for heaven, but good's not there. Yeah. Right, right, right. And even though faith causes us to strive for righteousness, to want to be righteous, to want to be maybe good or kind or you know however you want to define mm-hmm. that, the opposite of maybe what you would say evil is. But that's uh, I'm with you. I just I just don't know that that's the goal. And I'm I almost want to say that like I maybe even say it in a different way because I think you already said this. But if goal if the goal is good. And you do that for so long, does that lead to a place of entitlement? Does it lead to a place of elevation where Mm -hmm. I'm now a good person and now I deserve good to come back to me? And it's like, that that doesn't exist in the Bible. There's there's nowhere. And so if if that's your, your, your goal then you, you, you might be chasing the wrong things. It's, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it um, until, until just this moment, but the idea of good and evil, not necessarily as conditions, but instead as like status, status yeah. symbols, even, you know, um, you could see that being leveraged, you know, as a weapon against, you know, people that you disagree with, with certain groups of people based off of their choices or something like that. And I think, then that's where you get into some really dangerous um, perspective, you know, in terms of like how we are supposed to treat other people, right? You know, and if you think of someone as being good, then um, not only are you less likely to um, hold them accountable because mm. you know they're 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 good, right? You know, or you're shocked when you hear something that's yes, they it, did something that's opposite of that character. It opens up the opportunity for, you know, some, some sort of, you know, kind of, you know, you put so much trust into them that, you know, and you've spoken about this before, right. That can be a, that can feel like a huge betrayal that can cause like a loss of maybe not a loss of faith, but like certainly, you know, a certain, you know, kind of, um, barrier or distrust or something that just kind of comes up, you know, because you were placing so much, you know, emphasis on that person and their, you know, seeming yeah. goodness. Um, and of course, obviously the same is true about a, a group of people that, you know, very few people are going to outwardly describe um, people and their choices as being um, evil, unless it's, of course, you know, truly heinous, you know, acts, right? You know, but I think, uh, you know, the idea of, 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 you know, just kind of, I guess, labeling certain people as doing things that are um, sinful. And then that can kind of seep into your mindset with the way that you, you know, view them. And I'm using you, obviously, in a very general sense here, because I'm really a lot of times talking about myself when yeah. I say these things, you know, and, and whether or not, you know, they deserve, and of course, that's a really charged word there, too. Um, but whether they deserve the same level of interaction or the same level of, you know, fellowship or, or, you know, um, friendship or whatever, you know, because I'm not supposed to associate with that. Right. There are just all these kind of messy things that come up when you start trying to really put things into a box of good or evil. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
one one of the things that I wanted to get into, and maybe the next piece of this question is how how do we decide what is good yeah. and evil? And like is it even is it even possible for us to decide like what what is goodness? Yeah. And because it's a some of that is a perspective thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we could see something as evil that somebody else could see as as good. Yeah. And I I've gone back and talked about this a bunch because one of my main arguments with people that are don't believe in um, a higher power, not necessarily Christian, but don't believe in in some type of of God, some type of moral creator. Yeah is how, how do you view what Hitler did as evil? How can you define that as evil without the foundation of the Word of God? Mm-hmm. Because the Word of God tells us that murder is wrong. Yeah. But outside of that, what, what and that comes from, from God. So outside of that source, how do you know? I mean, and if you are purely scientific mm-hmm. you know you go back to what what does evolution talk about natural selection yeah so hitler without god hitler is i guess enforcing his right of natural selection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've risen to power and i'm going to take out everybody i don't like and to me you could almost without without religion call him a hero mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now I don't believe that. Don't hear sure. me wrong. I think he's a very evil man from my perspective, but when I'm but but I have the Bible that tells me the some of the things that he did were very wrong. Yeah. But without that, without I mean and and, and I think that my what I'm coming back to is I think that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Bible, all those things are what we have to lean into to decide what is good. And then what is what is not good? This is it's not okay to covet after your neighbor's wife. Yeah, because it tells us that. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's not good. I know that that's that's evil. But apart from that, who are who are we to make those decisions? Yeah, I I I certainly can appreciate that viewpoint. I think you know we have to be have to be really careful about thinking that we we have any kind of like inherent I don't know right to be able to to determine those things because that way lies a lot of arrogance right and within that you know you start to to shape a world in your in your own, own image, own image. Yeah. yes exactly right um we do have you know there there is a certain amount of I mean just I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth on this a little bit uh, because, you know, there's a certain responsibility that we have to try and and take those truths that come from the Bible and apply them to situations that maybe were not specifically, you know, um, given in in the Bible. Like um, you mentioned you mentioned some like kind of like classic ethical, you know, like dilemma or the idea of that. Right. You know, um, it's the idea about like stealing stealing bread to be able to, to feed your family. It's like, you know, that's that, 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 that certainly violates the idea of, of thou shalt not steal, but you know, it's like within other kind of like, you know, frameworks, how do we, 
how do we determine whether or not that's a, like a, a, a good behavior or an evil behavior? Um, you know, there's like the classic example. I'm not expecting you to respond to any of these. I'm just just kind of thinking out loud here, right? But there's the idea of like the the uh, the the trolley problem or the train problem, right? You know, where you have uh, somebody that's tied to the tracks. It's like you know, two people are tied to the tracks. You happen to be at like the spot in the train where you can like switch the tracks so that the person goes off uh, the the trolley, the train goes off of that that one saving two people's lives, but there's somebody else that's tied up on the little sidetrack. So, you know, do you pull the switch and, you know, condemn this one person to die? It saves two people, but you are personally responsible for, it's like, you know, and some of these are just thinking exercises as much as and, anything and maybe, else. And it's more complicated if one of them is a criminal. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Then it's, it's like, and that well. gets, that gets into some interesting and there's stuff a, there's a, sure. yeah, there's yeah, a great yeah. dilemma for that. in uh, Oh, the, the, is it the dark night where there's the boat full of criminals? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right, right, right. You know, you guys get to choose who lives. Yeah. You know, are you gonna blow up this boat? Are you gonna blow up the are the criminals gonna blow you up before you blow them up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind That's of like it. a really, really interesting I, I would say that for me it, it goes it goes back to faith. And I don't know about the train one. That's the train just, right yeah, you're, you're just there, there's no I mean you're it's, it's rock in a hard place there's mm -hmm. there's I don't know that there is a right decision yeah but as far as the other example that you gave somebody who steals you know for me it goes back to faithfulness if I choose to be faithful to God's commandments I'm gonna believe that God is gonna provide for me mm-hmm and so that's to me, that's where the dilemma goes, because you would say, well, it's hard for me to judge somebody that steals so that his family can eat. And, and I'm with you there, too. I, I, I don't want to judge him. Yeah, I understand that. But as a as a person of faith, I've got to be able to say, OK, God has told me not to do this. Mm -hmm. And so it's more important for me to remain faithful to him than to eat. Yeah trusting that he's he's going to provide for me and that to, to me that's why it, it all comes back to there there you you take you know situations and intentions and all that out of the scenario and it all comes back to what what has God asked us to do mm -hmm. and if he's asked us to do it for a reason then it comes back to then I got to trust that he is going to take care of whatever the issue is yeah because not not just assuming that, hey, if I live this way, then things are going to work out for me. No, it may not work out for you, but it's I'm going to choose to do what's right anyways. Right. Like here. I mean, we, we could go to a biblical example of guys that were in a rock and a hard place. Here is Shadrach, Meshach and a, and a Bendigo. And hey, guys, you can you can worship Nebuchadnezzar and live or you can be thrown into the fiery furnace. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a tough decision. But what do those guys say? Those guys say, even if I believe that God can save us from this furnace, but even if he doesn't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise who I am yeah. to worship Nebuchadnezzar. And to me, that's, that's where the heart of it comes down to is, okay, it's not necessarily about this fight of good and evil. It's about trusting God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not it's not my responsibility to try to sort through what is good and evil. True. true you know true, what I'm true. saying? Yeah. It's yeah. to trust that God has sorted through it. Yeah. And I think the the, the 
uh, 100% uh, agreement here as far as that goes. It just becomes challenging for us, I think, on a day-to-day basis because we are just faced with these, you know, kind of situations about, like, you know, uh, um, like thinking about it from a kind of more commonplace example than, like, the child trolley problem or anything like that, right? But it's like, you the know... Trolley. Yes, the trolley. Yes, the slightly... Slightly um, outdated uh, example of transportation uh, there. <laughs> They're still around, I guess. But uh, but so like you know like um, something like feeding feeding the the poor or the homeless or something like that, right? It's it's tough for us, I think, sometimes to decide like you know like what's our what's 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 our sort of like you know limit to some degree, right? You know because we've got uh, you know you've got people that you see, um, and this pops up in our our town too, right? You know people that are uh, at the corner of that that exit of uh, Walmart or something like that that are that are hungry, and it's like you know how do I know? Um, or, or how do I make that decision, I guess, is more, more appropriate, whether or not to give or, or not in those times, or how much of my money to, uh, to, mm. to devote to those things. And, and, you know, this is, of course, just a total how, thinking experience. How rich but, is too rich? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, where, where is my, where have I become selfish? Yeah. I, do, I think that's the hardest thing for me is that I want to be as generous as I possibly can be, but where... At what point does my savings account reflect I don't trust God? Yeah, and 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 to that end, you know, at what point? Because certainly, I mean, I'm, well, I, I guess I shouldn't assume anything. Uh, you know, maybe this is fear, right? Because my fear is that you know I don't want to overextend myself and then put my family in a bad situation. Yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah. We've been called to you know safeguard our our our. our our children, our families, you know, and, and obviously we're not doing them well if it's like, well, you know, I, I, I gave all this money away. Yeah, it was for a good cause, but now we don't have enough money to, to pay our, you know, our bills, yeah. our rent, you know, um, our, our mortgage, you know, whatever. And, and so that's a, that's a really challenging thing too, because that's one where, um, you know, we see in the book of Acts, you know, people are, are selling all their possessions right away and they're giving them to the church, um, you know, at first, and then, um, and this is my interpretation of it. You can certainly speak into this probably with a lot more knowledge than I can. But you know, there's this kind of there's this kind of shift that that kind of occurs where they're kind of like, yeah, well, we also have to be sustainable. You know, we have to be sustainable for ourselves yeah. too. So it's like, you know, give well, to the, the church, but you don't have to, you know, give 100 percent yeah, of your possessions yeah, to the it, church. And more needed to be given at the beginning. To set it up, yeah, 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 to establish it. That 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 that's a good point too. But, Context. But I would argue that I think that if we did things biblically, I don't think any of us would have health insurance. I think we would all every if every family tithes ten percent to the church, I believe that we would have enough money to 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 care for the people within our community. Yeah, yeah. But we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> No, not everybody. No, it's true. It's it's that's a that's a powerful piece as well. You know, that's where things like the um, well, I was about to say like the separation of church and state. Um, that's not necessarily the 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 main thing that I'm thinking of here, but just no, the but fact that we live in a society with other structures and things like that. Yeah, you're and not it's wrong. Tough to... And I think that the church has surrendered a lot of those things to the government, and we shouldn't have. Yeah. You know, we've allowed the government to take care of a lot of stuff. And, and for a lot of reason, we have d- done that in the sense of 
we're so tired of people trying to take advantage of the system mm-hmm. and we're so tired of wading through that that we just we just quit and and i think that a church needs to be set up in, in tithe and offering so here we have our tithe where we we take care of yeah. one another and then we also have offering in which we try to take care of the community mm-hmm. you know that that to me there's two separate things because there's the charge where you you look after one another you share what you have but then there's also the orphans and widows need to be taken care of too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then some of that comes back to, you know, maybe, maybe good or evil. So I, I have a, you want, you need to say something before I have a question. The only thing I was thinking about was just to shift it away from money because I know that that is that. Well, it, it is. But there's the, time as the well. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, 100%. <laughs> it is something to be wary of. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but someone, you know, I, I was I was actually praying with someone who was kind of going through this same kind of, you know, this the same kind of dilemma. You know, um, this person in particular was felt like they were being, you know, asked to give so much of themselves from family members or friends or something like that who are in need. You know, they, they need um, assistance in these different ways. But this person is in a situation where health is becoming an issue. Yeah. This person has to say no more often. And it she's feeling almost guilt from having to say no about yeah. these things because, you know, we are called to, you know, help each other out in these times. And, and, you know, it's so, it's just such, such a challenge. See, but that's, that's dangerous it is. when it's not reciprocal. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's one thing for me to help somebody out in the sense of we are a family unit when that never comes back. Exactly. You know, and, and I'm not saying like in a sense of repayment, but it's just like, if you are always in need and you're always taking and you're never giving, yeah. it just, it ruins people. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of carrying each other's burdens is biblical, but there is this, you know, hope that we come together as a community and that it's not one person carrying everybody else's burdens. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. Unless it's Jesus. Yeah. That's kind of, he could probably handle it. Yeah. He I guess. Can. So I, Maybe we wrap up the question this way. Yeah. But I, it was just a really interesting thought that I had. You know, if, if both of us are in agreement that God is not asking us to be good. Sure. What is God asking? Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if, if the goal is not goodness, and if it's not our responsibility to decide what goodness is, what what is what's the purpose that's a great question the i mean the first word that came into my mind was um submission right mm-hmm. you know this idea that you know instead of trying to strive for one thing which can become myopic right you know and we mm-hmm. can sometimes we can be so focused on something that we you know are have blinders for every other good thing that we're also supposed to engage in every other growth opportunity up there. If we truly submit ourselves to God, then he is the one that, you know, funnels those things to us that, that pushes us towards things that will help us to, um, serve or become better in whatever way we're supposed to. I did, that's what jumped out to me. So you said something that struck me and like the pursuit got, I mean, God talks about knowledge. Like, I mean, you read Proverbs and it's like, this is the best. Wisdom. Love wisdom. But 
there's an interesting thing because what does it say? The beginning of wisdom is what? The fear, fear of, God. of God. And I don't necessarily want to get into all of what that means, but... So I'm supposed to be scared of God? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. Next time. <laughs> more, more of respect, but... And I, th- I think we're supposed to be afraid of being without God. Sure. Yeah. That's separation. From yeah. God. Sorry, but, I'm teasing. You. No, You're no, it's good. okay. But uh, any clarification helps. But I wonder if there's the pursuit of certain types of knowledge that are not good. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess what what I'm trying to say is is that Satan's crutch was he sought to be God. And his invitation to Eve is, you will be like God. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's not even almost inappropriate for us to try to sort out um, what is good and evil. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. is it, that is not our responsibility. Yeah. And it's almost like we're trying to be God at that point. Right. Because right. we're determining, hey, this is good, this is evil, this is good, this is evil. Yeah. And it's like... Maybe that's the temptation, and that is not. I mean, I'm just thinking about this for the first time. Like that is not a good place to be because that's your your because that's what Satan wanted. How can you? I mean, how how can you keep perfectly objective and perfectly humble if you're spending your life kind of you know trying to you know identify things as good and evil? At a certain point, how can you keep that perspective? without accidentally slipping into a spot where you're taking where you're making too many assumptions or you're losing your judgment you know because it has become so assumed in your own biases your own perceptions yeah. your own experiences mm. that are shaping what you see as good and evil i mean i don't know i don't know that any person can possibly do that you know aside from jesus christ of course you know it's like, yeah. it's one of those things where it's where it's like yeah it starts off in a good place we talk about this all the time you mentioned it earlier in this conversation it starts off fine you know, yeah. we want to be we want to be more knowledgeable so that we can do the right thing so that we can honor God with our decisions and, and actions and all of that. But if it goes too far, we start making those decisions instead yeah. of leaning into God. Yeah. Yeah. The, the part about God perhaps becomes minimized. Right? Yeah. You know, and then, and, you know, we, we don't do this intentionally, very rarely intentionally, but but more so it's just about um, why are we so quick to go to pride? I mean, we, we get this base knowledge that we have from the Word of God. Yeah. And then once we know it, it's almost like we treat it like it's ours. Yeah. But right. it's borrowed. Yeah. yeah. It's not ours. It never belonged to us. We're just borrowing it. So we can't just assume just from our borrowed knowledge that we can use that to elevate ourselves to yeah. think that we know. We're, yeah. we're disasters. We are disasters. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of crazy I man I we we talk about what if it's not good versus evil if that's not that's not our purpose that's not it's not our job you know what is our job I think submission is great the first thing that I jump to is love yeah yeah and just that that our, uh, that's our pursuit is to love love people yeah to be patient to be kind to not to not boast to you know i you know i tell people all the time first corinthians 13 is one of those things that we read all the time but i 
we don't read it. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you know it because, and you, and you can go through it in like five seconds, but yeah. to really dwell Dude, on I, it. I had a counselor that worked worked with me, and he asked me to recite First Corinthians thirteen. He says, good, you know it. He says, how often do you practice it? Hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. snap. He was like, take one of these things. And it was more so talking about marriage. It's like, just pick one and just say, I'm going to try to be kind today mm-hmm. to my wife. Or I'm going to try to be patient. patient. I was just thinking about that myself. Or I'm I'm going to yeah. try to not boast. Like, like work on these things. Mm-hmm. Here's the definition of love. And how it's carried out. Yeah. Like, apply it. Don't just know it. And that was really convicting to me. Something about the way that you're, you know, I mean, mentioning that verse in particular and those 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 qualities, you know, I do feel like sometimes we try to, obviously, we try to overcomplicate things. I think that's human nature. You yeah. know, it's just to get so deep into it that you can't help but overthink it. And I do think that sometimes if we just pull back and just kind of say, well, what is the most loving response I can have here? Yeah. That's probably, I mean, I think like nine times out of 10, that's probably going to be the one that you should do, that, that yeah. God would want you to do, you know? Yeah. And, and and sometimes we overcomplicate it with, you know, just having so many different rules or something like that, kind of like, or, or fears or concerns mm. flashing through our heads too. But if I do that, then... Well, I have to do this other thing, or you know, if I do it for this person, am I going to have to do it for this other person, and just all of this kind of? Yeah, I, th- I think wisdom is great, but wisdom is not always motivational, in the sense that you can know what you're supposed to do, but you don't do it. Yeah. But true love, it it pushes you forward. Yeah. It's like I have to do this. I'm going to sacrifice myself for my family, not because. I know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's because I love because them. Because I love them you so know? much. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool talk. Well, I don't know that we figured it out, but <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes slightly more than forty five minutes, I guess, yeah, to but, figure out good versus evil. <laughs> but but it's I I don't know. I just had a lot of fun thinking about it and, and that to me is is the purpose of what we do yeah. is to just dwell and have some of these conversations and and hopefully they inform inform us of you know maybe maybe we ought to take some time and and really consider something different yeah yeah you know and i think there's there's just some of these topics that you don't always just sit down with your friends and say hey let's talk about good versus evil. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> um I got a thought, but I might save it for final thoughts. <laughs> yes, we're saving it for final thoughts. But we're not there yet. No, 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 no. We're moving on to the most important question. And sticking with the theme of good versus evil. Matt, I want to ask you, do you feel like there are any anti-heroes in the Bible? And And why don't you start us off by giving us a... I, I trust you to do this better than myself. Give us a quality definition of of an anti-hero. My friend, you know me too well. I had a note that uh, <laughs> that was going to talk about some classic anti-heroes just to give us a little barometer. So your classic anti-hero is somebody that um, is perhaps is uh, a little bit outside the traditional 
um, definition of, of like pure heroism, right? Your, your classic hero would be somebody like we've been talking about comic books. So we'll talk about like Superman, right? He only does good. He saves people. He, you know, always saves the day, that kind of stuff. He's, he's, you know, truth, justice in the American way. You know, he's, he's, sometimes said somewhat derisively as you know the classic boy scout superhero or something like that so he's like you know clean cut you know from the mold you know good guy type stuff your anti-hero is going to be a little bit more rough around the edges you know you're if, if we're sticking with comic books um we're talking about guys like wolverine or the punisher um out of comic books it's guys like han solo um there there are some other um examples like this in like some some kind of like you know crime-based movies or something like that but it's people that are in kind of like a murkier or kind of gray area they still ultimately have that kind of like good, good motive yeah. but they're just they're just they're just a little crude or tough you know in that way so i think uh you know if we're thinking about like people out of the bible the good thing about the bible is that it talks about a lot of people that are rough around the edges yep. so i think there are a lot and as i was originally thinking about it one came absolutely to mind but there i know there are many many others so you know it's it's interesting before you give yours yeah i think the way that god works is that he he only well i mean they're only broken humans are the only kind of humans there are but God only uses almost, you could argue, some of the most broken people. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that there could be an argument to, to make that they're all. Almost everyone. <laughs> everybody, yeah. everybody is an anti-hero. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that and that's, of course, a part of the, uh, the anti-hero piece, too, is that even after they make the decision to be good, they still screw up frequently. Yeah. And, man, if that's not, you know, us to a T, it's like, yeah. I want to be good, but I can't help it. I still screw up. Um, but so I'm going to say Samson as, uh, as like, the, the main guy that I think of as being an anti-hero of the Bible. Right? This is, this is of course, one of the, the titular judges from the Book of Judges. And so yeah. as someone, he is considered to be, you know, like this, this great hero of the Bible. Mm. But man, if you actually look at the story of Samson, he's breaking every single rule he's supposed yeah. to follow there. His his oath as, you know, his his the way he's raised as a Nazarene and all of that kind of stuff. It's like that's he you know, doesn't do any of those no. things almost right away from when, when oh, we yeah. uh, you know, and slowly but surely he just kind of keeps breaking those vows over and over again yeah. until the hair uh finally is cut. And, and, you know, we can, we can compare this with like superpowers about things like him being, you know, like uh, super strong and all that stuff. But it does, it does, it is probably worth mentioning also that he's pretty brutal in the way that he handles a lot of yeah. his, um, oh, yeah. and that's another characteristic of a, of an anti-hero is that instead of, you know, trying to, uh, avoid loss of life or, you know, uh, you know, clean, creative solutions it's just like brute force let's just let's just get through this and that that's kind of samson to a t you yeah know, yeah slaying all those people with the jawbone and all of that kind of different stuff but still with that heart of gold and you've you've spoken about this too it's one of the most beautiful you know things that happens in the bible is when he's you know in the last moments of his life and he and he makes that yeah you know that that choice to to trust god one last time and yeah and he's more effective for for you know the people of israel in that time in that one moment in his weakness yeah um, it's, it's one of my favorite favorite verses it says that and samson did more in his death yeah or accomplished more than his death than he ever did in his life and his and and really 
he accomplished more in his weakness than he did in his strength. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Because that's, I mean, that's our story. That's 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 what we strive for, right? Yeah. Is like, you know, like I just want to. It's not about me; it's about God. You know. Um, yeah. What about you? Have you got? So mine's going to be a little bit of a hot take. I love this, and partly because I am not as down on this person as most Christians tend to be. Okay. But I think that Judas is a great anti-hero. Okay, cool. And I know that a lot of people just see him as a villain. And I, I do think that he has a heart of gold. I think that he's, I think that he's a zealot. I think that he's trying to force his way. Mm -hmm. I think he is very punisher like in the Mm -hmm. sense that, Here's this evil empire of Rome, and every one of them ought to be dead. Yeah, and I think that he's trying to force Jesus's hand. Now, people can talk about money all they want to. I just don't. I to me, Judas is one of those guys that I think he's like, if I can, if I can, if I can get Jesus to do what I want him to do, which that's powerful right there. Yeah, right, right. I'm trying to. <laughs> Trying to force Jesus' yeah. hand. The pride to suggest that, yeah. like, if I oh, can we, outsmart him in the way to make him yeah. do this. <laughs> oh, we do that, too, in our lives. Yes. I'm going to do this because I want to force God to, you know, give back to me, which is garbage mentality. Entitlement. Christian entitlement, which God owes you nothing. He loves you. He died for you. He doesn't owe you nothing. Right. Sorry. Anyways. So here we have this guy, this this guy Judas, who I I think that in his mind, and and this is, this is me reading into the story. I'm not saying that there's a ton of biblical proof for this, but this is just this is the, my read. I through his history and what we know about him, I I think the money is just a, a chance to make a buck and do, you know, this is the guy that when, you know, the lady pours a perfume on Judas I mean on Jesus's feet right. he's like oh, he gets we could we could incensed. have sold yeah we could have sold this and and I I do th- I think that he maybe is selfish maybe his you know likes to steal from the money bag but I do think that he is he he wants the greater good he wants to be a part of the kingdom of God he and and to me the fact that he committed suicide proves that yeah because if he didn't commit suicide, then he wasn't upset about what he what happened. Sure. To me, he is horrified so much because what he wanted to happen didn't happen, and then he realized that he betrayed Jesus for no reason because it blew up in his face. Yeah. And so I I want I want to push Jesus's hand to be the sword, go after Rome, call down your angels. Yeah. That's I, I think that that's what he wanted. And I think that the, the more Jesus's ministry went on, he was starting to see this guy is not going to do this. Yeah. But maybe if if I betray him, because and, and even think about the whole situation with the, the disciples in the upper room. Jesus is talking freely about knowing that somebody's going to betray him. And so I almost wonder if that gave Judas confidence to go, okay, he knows I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. So he's ready for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, I almost wonder if that like 
encouraged him. You know what I'm saying? That's a really interesting uh, point on that because I have always that exchange is always so fascinating to yeah. think about that he basically says, "Go off and do what you what you're going to do." You know, yeah. and and so would Judas have seen that as like almost a, a kind of tacit permission or something yeah. like that? It's uh, I. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. But I just and, think that he gets he gets painted as this evil. E- yeah, evil and I I just don't think he is. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that anybody could spend that amount of time with Jesus and completely I I think that and maybe you could define this as evil and I I guess I'm not necessarily not okay with that. But I just think that he was trying to leverage his relationship with Jesus to get what he wanted. It's like you said, it's um he he was trying to make Jesus into his own version of Jesus, you know, yeah. as this conquering hero that was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and we try to do that with God all the time is is Unfortunately. Being this version of God that is going to answer all my prayers by you know, healing somebody that I want healed by giving me success in the way that I want success. And, you know, in some ways it is the exact same amount of pride and control and lack of, uh, you know, submission that, um, that we see in the Bible, just, just obviously in a more kind of like physically actualized way. Right. You yeah. know, literally bringing people to try and force Jesus's hand in that way. That's, yeah. that's very powerful. And I mean, yeah, it, it's perfect for, for this conversation here because like you said, there's this idea about someone, you know, being all good, all bad or something like that. But but in, in those moments, you see a real change of different actions, right? Like you said, he wouldn't have committed suicide if it were, if there, if he didn't realize, oh, I've, I've, I've made a horrible mistake. Here, yeah. Right. I mean, that's just not I mean, based on his based on what happened, he was set you know yeah. he was set up with, with whatever life he probably wanted based off he of had, the money he, he had, received and everything he had like the that. money and jesus was dead yeah I mean, so if if jesus dying was his goal then he should have been happy with success you know in that weird but way. It, I, it wasn't yeah i don't think that yeah. was his goal that's 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 really powerful and and i agree I, i've always thought that you know it doesn't make sense to you know whatever completely villainize or demonize someone you know the char- the, the 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 figure of uh, of Judas because of what we see happening with him in those actions and, yeah. and and the fact that i mean like it's you know it was going to happen you know yeah. he was going to be betrayed you know well and, like, and that's that's you know i come back to the fact that you know speaking of anti-hero his actions resulted in the redemption of the world. Yeah. Right. Right. And not, not because it was him. No, but, but you're right. It had to be done. And it, and it's, I mean, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating, that's a great example. It's a great example. Though. I don't even know that I would, I don't even know that I would tell you that it's a hundred percent sure that he's in hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think okay. that's stupid to assume. That's an interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to some of what you were saying before about, you know, like what what's what's in Judas's heart as yeah. he's experiencing that anguish that he must have felt before and makes that un- horribly tragic decision that is like the only way out of this is for me to kill myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, and I think about that with suicide a lot. It's like, you know, how much can we, you know, this sounds so weird to say it this way, but hold that against the person that does this yeah. because it's like I 
I just I just can't imagine what's going through someone's mind yeah. when they're when they're kind of when they decide that's what they have to do, you know, yeah. and I, I just like, I can't, I don't know. It's, it's obviously it's its own topic into itself, yeah. but it's, it's well worth, you know, just that, yeah, that, that he's a complex figure in that yeah. way. Antiheroes are too. Yeah. That's, what, yeah. that's what makes them so compelling too. You know, it's just like, they're very, they're very fun to think about. Mm. They're fascinating. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 Final thought. Okay. So speaking of the idea of, you know, thinking about things with a lot of depth, right? You know, it's fun to think about these complex characters. You said something and it connects to something that I've thought about my entire life, but especially since I, you know, had uh, a period of time where I was questioning the Bible and, and trying to figure out whether, you know, what my faith was exactly. It's that sometimes what we have to do is we kind of have to strip away all of the things that we, you know, we, 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 know you know and i'm putting air quotes around that and just kind of like go back to you know the source text in this case the bible and something like that and really try to understand well what is it what does it actually mean because sometimes the things that we think we're struggling up against there there are things that are created by things like cultural context or something like that that have all come since the bible was written and we can get really twisted up around those things or we can place too much importance on something that's not really important and my thought is that usually when you interrogate something like you know why we do something the way that we do it or something like that the the truth of the you know the love of the lord and and you know how we're supposed to treat each other usually that wins out right god is strong enough to stand up to our scrutiny and yeah. come out you know in a way that reveals his truth and that's what yeah. happened with me that's what happens i think a lot of times when we try and you know dig into something with a little bit more uh, depth. Sometimes people will say things, well, you know, um, you're not really supposed to, you know, there was, there was a certain undercurrent of like fear about like questioning things. Cause that was seen as having a lack of faith. Yeah. But I really strongly believe that the more that you question things, the more clarity. Yeah. The more God will reveal to you. I used that in a sermon not long ago where well, I, I saw a clip online on a Netflix show how to how to become a cult leader oh yeah yeah yeah. and it just talked about how cult leaders really tried to move their people away from critical thinking and i I think that's encouraging for me because i think that at least for me i think faith encourages critical thinking Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. make faith your own think about this seek me and you will find me yeah like think about it look look at the evidence yeah i mean you'll see you know, you'll see the answer. And if you seek with an open heart and an open mind, you're not going to find, you know, what everybody wants you to believe. You're Mm going to find, you know, the truth, God's truth. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I thought it was really interesting. We, we had talked about how sometimes we get this idea that somebody is good and then they falter and then we're like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, how that affects how it affects us and i was just thinking about like you know my i had a youth pastor that you know committed adultery and my first thought was he wasn't who he said he was and that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. and i think that that's just kind of the first thought but i i was just thinking you know we are all broken vessels and water leaks from us and even though i'm a broken vessel and and the water that i pour out can fill somebody else up even though i'm broken yeah 
So in, in, a, in a way, what I'm saying is that God still uses the broken people in our lives to teach us about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether or not they are all good or all evil, because no, nobody is. Yeah. But I just thought that was an interesting. You, you can't let somebody's sin keep you from maybe learning a lesson that they've, you know, taught you. And just because somebody knows, you know, I mean, Solomon's a great example of that. Somebody who's the wisest man to ever live, but doesn't always put his wisdom into practice. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't mean that his wisdom that he gives you is not valid. Right. But. Yeah, he's wise, but it's not like he made every wise decision (laughs) that he could have. Yeah. He makes a lot of bad ones. And probably knew better, but. Yeah. He's human. As we all are. And so are we. That's what I was thinking too. Well, that reminds me that we are professional. Disasters. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that was, but it was fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We love you. We'll be back. Peace. Peace.